This episode is sponsored by Content Fight, a premium video editing and content repurposing service for busy content creators, influencers, brands, podcasters, YouTubers, and marketers. Content Fight provides unlimited end to end editing and repurposing services to help you get your video and audio content edited and repurposed quickly, easily, and reliably. Join other busy content creators, founders, brands, and marketers who now spend even more time creating while they take care of the rest. You no longer need to worry about spending hours editing anymore. Just create content, build your audience, and grow your business. If you're a content creator looking to save time and money, or looking to outsource your content marketing team, get your first free video edited now at contentfy.co. If you'd like to sponsor the SaaS District podcast, or recommend any guests that you think would be valuable to be on the show, visit horizoncapital.com slash SAS podcast today. Thanks again, folks. Hello, hello, everyone. This is your host, Akil Jabbar, and welcome back to another episode of SaaS District. In today's episode, we'll be talking about building an empire of portfolio companies in the WordPress industry. Today, we have our guest, Syed Balti, joining us. Syed is a multiple-time founder, CEO, and award-winning entrepreneur, recognized as one of the top 100 entrepreneurs under the age of 30 by the United Nations. He's also been featured in Inc., Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, Fortune, Fast Company, Fox Business, and The Wall Street Journal. With over 15 million websites using the software built by his companies to grow, he's become a thought leader and expert in the WordPress industry. So welcome, Syed. Super excited to have you on the SaaS District Show today. Thanks for having me, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, awesome. Um, so I know you know quite a bit about you. I've been following you for a while. Uh, but for those maybe in the audience who aren't too familiar, can you share a little bit about your personal background, past ventures, and how many companies do you run today? Oh, uh, that's, that's exciting. I started, you know, <laughs> I, had, I'm in, I live in Florida, originally from Karachi, Pakistan, family immigrated to U.S., uh, typical immigrant story, you know, went from the rags to somewhat riches now, um, uh, you know, started with just hacking and affiliate marketing, blogging and all those uh, areas, got into the growth consulting, ran a services business and then made the transition into uh, SaaS. Um, currently have over 24 brands in our portfolio, uh, you know, of WordPress plugins and software as a service, helping, you know, small businesses grow and compete with the big guys by, you know, improving their traffic, getting more leads and, and so on. Um, and as you mentioned, collectively, those softwares are being used by 15 million websites serving billions and billions and billions of impressions every month. Um, right. so it's pretty cool. Cool. And then uh, across those, you know, starting from the beginning, so you have 24 in your portfolio now. Um, can you share a little bit of history of some of maybe the bigger ones? How did you come up with the idea? Maybe I know Optin Monster is a big one. And, you know, what was the problem you were looking to solve after transitioning to, to focus on that space? Absolutely. So, you know, I had a blog. So I, I always like to say I'm a blogger at heart. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm a user of WordPress first and then started building software to serve that ecosystem. So I created a blog called WP Beginner, right? It's mm -hmm. WordPressBeginner.com um, in 2009 it was just to help users do more with WordPress, kind of create a resource site that I wish existed that didn't charge people money. Um, and 
that that took off and now it's the largest WordPress resource site on the planet. Uh, and we, we were seeing what solutions people were asking us for or, you know, or top plugins that were being used. And I would talk to all the different plugin companies and theme companies and see how they're approaching certain certain problems. Um, and I was a user of many plugins myself and realized what the shortcomings were. So built Optin Monster in 2013. That wasn't the first plugin that I built. We had a uh, social sharing plugin and several others before that, but nothing as big as Optin Monster. Um, I created Optin Monster just because I knew how powerful pop-ups were uh, to capture emails and the problem was as our site got larger, the WordPress plugins uh, didn't scale and it would end up crashing our site or it, it just the A-B testing wasn't working and the developers weren't super responsive. And also pop-ups like zero second pop-ups or time-based pop-ups were annoying and users were always complaining about mm -hmm. it. And I was like, well, what if, what if we could show it based on users interaction, maybe when they're about to leave, right? And mm. in, in theory, it was really simple to build because jQuery had this feature called mouse out and you could just build that. And I'm like, it's kind of like, you know, somebody comes to visit your house and as they're leaving, you just tell them, hey, come back and, you know, make sure to come back in again. Um, right. And that was the idea. Built it as a very simple script and put it on the website and we started seeing great results. And the users are like, what are you doing? Like, you know, people didn't know that you could <laughs> do this kind of mouse out trick and like, this is genius, et cetera. I want this plugin. And then, uh, then you know, we started building in 2012 and then launched in 2013 as a full blown product. Because when I write code is nobody else should use it. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, you know, had my co-founder Thomas, he turned that product that I had in a bare bones script into a legit, like a super solid product that, um, <laughs> that that's been that people use now. Nice. And then from there, you really started, obviously started in WordPress as a blogger, started building WordPress plugins, really involved in that community. Why did you decide to really just focus on you know, the WordPress platform and, and that community? Is it just because you saw a success and you just started to build upon it? Or, or where did you see the opportunity there? Yeah. So, you know, so that's, that's cool. So we started, you know, with WordPress and Optin Monster was the first of its kind. People started asking about, hey, can I use this on other website platforms? And our answer was no. Uh, so we, so over time we realized, okay, we should, we can just build it for other platforms and we turned that WordPress plugin into SaaS. Now mm. talking about why do we stick to the WordPress market? Uh, WordPress powers now 40% of all websites on the internet, right? It, nobody has 100% penetration in any space you go. I would rather focus on one channel and try to get maximum in that channel. And because we have the media and the exposure with WP Beginner and our own audience, it's a lot easier to build uh, and sell to the people that know, like, and trust you. And 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 so that was that was the strategy there. And also, if we can sell somebody one plugin, then we can sell them many other plugins because we know what the user is looking for. Our users trust us. They know that when we build a product, it is top notch and high quality. So kind of stuck to the WordPress. Uh, funny stat I, I shared on Twitter today that you know, you, you can combine the five biggest uh, web platforms like Shopify, Wix, Drupal, Squarespace, uh, and Joomla, and you combine their market share and WordPress is four times larger. So, you know, like, <laughs> so I would, I would so if, if I can capture quarter of WordPress, which, you know, the, the, like that means I have captured all of these other platforms 100%. <laughs> yeah, that's an awesome way to look at it. I love that. <laughs> uh, wow. 
So you look at, you know, several websites, you know, you run multiple, you probably see the data across all your, you know, people using your, your, uh, your plugins. Um, what are some common mistakes you see founders or webmasters making on the websites? Or can you share some areas of quick optimization wins that maybe some of our listeners can try out? Absolutely. So the biggest thing that I see is that people are not measuring everything. Um, yeah, so if you have Google Analytics running, you, you might just drop a simple Google Analytics script and that's all, right? Mm. You really have to take it a little bit beyond that and enable events tracking. And it's not really hard to do if you use, like I built a tool for this, Monster Insights, um, it, that just does this because I was tired of doing it over and over and over again using this custom solution. And I'm like, why can't we just make it one click? And we did, um, but then being able to see, okay, which buttons are people clicking on your site? Um, where are people going away from your site? If they're clicking on an outbound link or an affiliate link, which ones are most popular among your audience? How's your forms performing? How's your cards performing? So just measuring those things uh, in a detailed uh, way with events tracking is, is, is an easy way to unlock uh, quick wins. I believe it's easy to double your traffic and sales if you know how people find and use your site. Right. Um, mm. You cannot improve what you cannot measure. So so you have to do that. The other, you know, quick opportunities that I see people miss out on is multiple touch point opportunities. Right. So if somebody's mm. on your site and they're leaving, like, you know, 80 percent, more than 80 percent of people that are leaving your website are not going to come back. Right. You can look at your new versus returning visitors chart and you know that's the case. So what are you doing? Right. Most people will just say, oh, I'm going to do retargeting ads and I'm going to pay Facebook and Google to bring it back. Well, why? You know, wh why not do exit intent pop up? Like give yourself an on-site retargeting opportunity. Why not use a push notification solution to do website abandonment and browse abandonment? And those kind of things are uh, super easy wins that you can turn on without very like a lot of technical knowledge. So that's uh, another mistake or missed opportunity, I should say. Um, so yeah, so those, those are from a growth side. Uh, I see a lot of people doing a lot of silly things on websites, like not having a backup solution. Well, you know, you should always have a backup solution. Don't don't rely on your hosting company's backups. Uh, mm -hmm. That's one of the big mistakes that new webmasters and new uh, entrepreneurs make. Um, have backups. You know, turn on Cloudflare. It will save you, you know, from attacks and so on. Sure, sure. Oh, those are awesome, awesome tips, guys. Obviously, go ahead and try it. I'll see how it works for you. <laughs> um, and then, you know, fast forward to today or, you know, in the last couple of years, you, you, you kind of brought up the conception and creation of your business, which is Awesome Motive, which I think is, is that the holding company of, of your ventures? Yeah. It's a, the best way to think about it is a management company for all the ventures. Okay. Okay. And then <laughs> what was kind of the idea of, you know, what was the vision at that point where you said, okay, look, I'm ready to launch a management company. And, and what was that different from, you know, individual plugins or, or businesses you've built in the past? Yeah. So I created Awesome Motive in 2011. Um, and the goal was to consolidate the management of the various businesses that I had at the time. Um, it, Primarily because we were running separate payrolls and separate, you know, PLs. We still have separate PLs right now, um, just for the, you know, because because of, of our model. But we we just had we couldn't negotiate benefits, you know, properly. We couldn't do any of those things at, at scale. So I said, you know, it would be really easy if, or. It would make our life a lot easier if we could just do a consolidation management, you know. So this is our shared services company, you know, in a way when you think about it. Mm. Um, all of our individual brands have a separate PNL and and so on, separate teams. But this this kind of is the umbrella that that makes our life easy. Uh, and back then, 
you know, I had a brand like List25, which I exited. It was, it was a popular YouTube channel, you know, two and a half million subscribers, half a billion video views, right? So I had many other ventures like that in the affiliate space and advertising space that were kind of all just consolidated under Awesome Motive just for easy management. Um, mm. Today, we've kind of, we've mostly gotten out of those media businesses, like exited List25, exited several others, shut down some of the other ones, um, and really doubling down on software over the last you know, seven, eight years, um, you know, we have, we now have over 200 team members across our various companies. Um, and, you know, so my biggest focus, you know, is just to make sure that the culture stays like it was when we were just five people. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's, that's a big challenge when you get to that point. So you yeah. decided to focus, you know, got rid of the, all the media, understand the affiliate sites, uh, the, the content sites, the ad sites. And then I, I know a couple of years ago, I don't, I don't know when this was exactly, I, I remember looking at one of the businesses you put up for sale, reviewed it. I thought it was an awesome business. Uh, I think just, you know, I think you had multiple bidders on it at the time. What was the strategy besides selling those company behind selling those companies and then focus on your growth tools? Yeah. So, so the two businesses you're talking about, like, you know, Soliloquy, <laughs> which was a slider, really hard to remember name, yeah. <laughs> slider software. Um, and it was a package deal with our other software Enviro Gallery, and it was a photography suite. Yeah. Um, so sliders back in the day were hot. Everybody wanted it. It was a design trend you wanted, but then it kind of phased out. You know, people were like, sliders are bad for SEO. Sliders slow down your site. Sliders, sliders are a terrible user experience. And, you know, that kind of uh, drove the demand down, um, and it it became a commodity, right? Every single WordPress theme just started building their own and putting it in. So the demand of it was going down. So that business was relatively flat-ish, right? It was growing but very slow growth. Now, on the other hand, we had Enviro Gallery, which was growing at a, at a good pace. Uh, you know, very very healthy healthy growth. Um, gallery software targeting the photography industry. It wasn't the biggest in the WordPress market, but it was the fastest growing in the WordPress market at the time because the legacy players were just, you know, clunky, bloated and slow. The challenge with this business was that the AOE was a lot lower, right? The average order value mm. was a lot lower because we were targeting the photography industry. Photographers doesn't always want to spend a lot of money for these tools. Um, so we had mm. we had that as a challenge, but it was a very good business from a profitability standpoint. Um, but we couldn't cross sell to the customers. You know, anybody mm. who was coming in a photographer, they weren't going to go and pony up the money to buy Opted Monster or any one of our other tools. Um, we also saw some headwinds uh, in the WordPress in the direction the WordPress was going with a new block editor, which is also known as Gutenberg, um, that would have required us to refactor the software. Um, not hard, uh, but you know, again, it was going to take our attention away from our much faster growing businesses at the time with Optin Monster and WP Forms and Monster Insights and, and so on. So we tried to first just exit out Soliloquy, the slider business, and People weren't so excited about sliders mm -hmm. given the market trend. So, so what we did, we decided to bundle. You know, we said, okay, we have this super attractive business and this like sort of attractive business, and right. that ended up getting a lot of interest because Envira, you know, had we had we kept it, we would have we would have been way better off. You know, no, knowing mm -hmm. what I know today, we would have been way better off from a financial point of view. We could have also just d done like a typical private equity play and 
kept the business and just let it die slowly, right? Some PE firms do that. And True. cash on cash return wise, you, you couldn't have beaten that because the business was extremely profitable. But, you know, uh, like that's not the repetition I want to have, right? I want to I want to do right by the users. Our users really trust us. Um, so I'm not going to be the one who's going to buy a business just to let it slowly die, right? And right. I don't want to have that repetition. So we ended up selling it. That, that's an awesome strategy. I never thought of that kind of how you looked at it across the whole kind of uh, ecosystem, but that makes sense that you, you exited to, without that, you know, that ability to cross promote. Um, you know, speaking, obviously you do a lot of investments yourself. You've done some acquisitions on your end, not also, not only the exiting. Without sharing, you know, too many confidential details, can you share maybe what's been some of the best investments you've made on, on your portfolio and why? Yeah, uh, you know, we made we made a lot of investments, right? At some of the best ones that I would, I would I really like personally uh, member press and they're special to me for different reasons, right? Mm -hmm. Member press is one of them. It's a membership software. So lets you create a membership site, sell courses and, and so on. Um, the reason why that is super cool deal was because member press also has a few other brands. Pretty links is one of them, which is very popular among podcasters and affiliate link management and so on. Um, the team there is just amazing. The team is solid. Blair, who's running uh, the business, the founder, CEO there, he is one smart person, right? Like mm -hmm. a hustler, executes like nobody's business. Um, and the impact that MemberPress has on the creator economy, you know, it, it's just mind blowing. I, I don't believe the numbers are public for that. But it's, you know, it's in the, the amount of money our creators are generating on a yearly basis is in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Wow. Okay. So, so it's, it's, it's very, very awesome to see that the kind of impact a single WordPress plugin can make and mm. being able to measure that. Um, another, another plugin uh, business that we acquired last year uh, is near and dear to my heart. It's all in one SEO. Mm. Uh, this was the very first SEO plugin I used in the WordPress uh, industry in 07, because prior to that, you just kind of hard code those things. Um, and then, you know, the, the plugin, the team decided to not keep, keep up with updates and Yoast came in the market, overtook them. And we switched to Yoast and used that, use Yoast. Uh, but I really wanted to, you know, kind of rewire this tool and, you know, really build a solution, SEO solution that I wish exists in the market today and it doesn't. And we have to build custom tooling around the popular solution. Then this is number two solution in the WordPress market. And we acquired it last year. Um, and I think it has a lot of promise and it's already done really well in the first year. So a really good acquisition that we made. Uh, okay. And then WP Mail SMTP is very good because we, we got a great deal on that. It's a niche product, um, but now it's in the top 20 WordPress plugins of all time. Uh, yeah. It solves a very important problem, which is uh, fixing the email deliverability issues that WordPress users encounter and just right. the impact of it. You know, we can't measure all the, the, the true impact of it just because, you know, we this is a WordPress plugin is decentralized, so people can use it on their site. We don't get we don't get to see those insights, but, you know, you can kind of guesstimate just just by seeing the impact it has on our business and all the users we talk with. It's the impact of this is just amazing. It's cool that, you know, when I asked you that question of what's your best investment, you never said, you know, this is giving me the highest ROI. Like, this is actually what's getting the highest impact. And then you have the other one where we can actually, you know, build something really cool here and actually, you know, become another leader. I, I love it. I love that. Right. And I right. think I heard you actually heard that story of the WP SMTP uh, acquisition. I thought that was a pretty cool story with the guy. And yeah. it was, was he like backpacking around, didn't even know what he was doing with it. And then he just like, 
he made him. Well, that, I mean, he, <laughs> so so he, he knew what he was doing with it, right? Because he yeah. built this tool, amazing guy, Callum, super smart, super, you know, super sharp developer. Um, but this wasn't his priority. This wasn't okay. his focus. And I, I, you know, so that's, that would be the best way to position it. Um, he, he was, he's a digital nomad. I, I still talk with him. He sent me some really cool reads uh, on the financial world. Really fascinating. I'll, I'll send it to you afterwards. Sure. But the dude is super sh- sharp guy. That wasn't his priority. That wasn't his focus, the, you know, that WordPress plugin. He built it to solve a need and it, it did it did a really good job and it got traction, but he didn't have a business use case around that. And we just mm-hmm. kind of said, okay, let us take this and let us make it easy for beginners. And we, when we bought it, it had 600,000 users and now it has over 2 million. So nice, nice little win there. Yeah. Um, yeah. On, the, on the opposite end, obviously you look at a lot of opportunities coming your way. Um, what, what are some red flags? What are you avoiding? What do you, what do you try to you know say no to when you're looking at investments? Yeah, we get we do get a lot of a lot of opportunities, <laughs> and we say no a lot more than we say yes. Um, and you know, say no for many reasons. Sometimes it doesn't align with our thesis. So I never have any regrets. Oh, we turned down this business, and then you know it went it went on to do amazing things. That, you know, that's okay. That happens. It, it just didn't align with our thesis at the time, and we have to be very disciplined in the approach. Um, some of the red flags that that really throw us off is. If, if, the, if the team isn't stable. Uh, mm-hmm. And you, you can kind of get that just from talking with the founders, understanding what challenges and struggles they're having. Uh, if they don't have their numbers dialed in. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, if, if it's so now, not every entrepreneur, especially if their first time, uh, are going to have their numbers dialed in. But what what really is a red flag is when, the, when two reports don't match. Because <laughs> then you mm-hmm. feel that numbers are being fudged and that that's that's like a big big red flag for us and we you know we will just step out of that um but yeah so the team and and those those numbers part are are, are the big thing of course you know in, in our scale when we're seeing the trends at a very large scale the business doesn't align with the trend trajectory or has headwinds you know we're not going to go into that market cool cool um so you're you know seeing over 24 companies now right in your portfolio how difficult is it for you to be involved in kind of overseeing each and every one of them? And uh, I mean, do you have a, like a management team behind each of them or like a ma- single manager on each? And then how does your look, your role look like specifically in structure around them? Sure. Yeah. You know, this, this <laughs> is an interesting one because the users think that I personally make every decision that every product makes. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> and, and so if, if we if we if we mess up, I get all the blame, which is OK. Uh, <laughs> but but, you know, but our, each product has its own team and each team is doing great work. Um, so as I mentioned to you that, we you know, we have separate P&Ls for every business unit. And um, so there's a separate president, GM or usually the founder or co-founder of that business is still leading that business. Um, so. So, so they, they, everything, you know, kind of runs down from that. Um, they have their own, you know, support lead, their own marketing lead, their own, uh, you know, dev, dev teams. Um, I generally do a catch-up call once a month. Um, sometimes, you know, if, if it's urgent, maybe more frequently, um, but most of the time, you know, once a month. And, you uh, but that's just like catching up. Hey, what's going? How's life? You know, how's family? And, and then mm. to talk a little bit about about the business side. Um, input wise, we really use the user feedback. We're we're pro- probably super aggressive in collecting user feedback to build our roadmaps. Um, more aggressive than most businesses out there. So so you know, I love reading those user feedbacks. I do read them on a on a quarterly basis, and then you know 
kind of share insights from the vision point of view, be the sound sounding board when the GMs want to have uh, thoughts and, and things they want to run by. But I'm not involved in the day to day. I don't. A lot of times, I don't know what features are getting launched either. Just because at adder scale, it's really hard to 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 do that. Sure, sure it makes sense. So obviously, you know. You have to manage your time effectively. Um, you probably have some really good productivity or, or kind of hacks that you can share with our audience. How do you currently manage your time and schedule you know, to be effective and productive? Because at the end of the day, you have to make better decisions and the best use of your time across all those companies. Absolutely. You know, I've, I've, I've tried many, many productivity hacks and systems and um, really there's no magic pill. I, the, the thing that I keep going back to and what works for me is time blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people tell me time blocks don't work. And I think it's because you don't stick with, stick to them. <laughs> time blocks will, will work as long as you stick to them and you're disciplined about them. Um, so I have, you know, focus blocks and every single day, um, I try not to have calls every day. So like, you know, I have like certain days that are designated calls and other days that are, no call days where I have like full focus block. I have, you know, thinking chair that I just go sit and think <laughs> on, right? Um, right. And spend spend a lot of time that way. My EA, my you know, executive assistant Kim, she's awesome. You know, does a really good job protecting my time and making sure that um, I'm able to buy back my time and not do you know tasks that I that can be done by others. Where would you say you spend most of your time? If you say like, you know, most valuable or impactful time of use of your time, where are you focusing? Um, I, I look at a lot of deals, uh, mm-hmm. you know, reviewing, reviewing those, um, reviewing reports, metrics, just kind of seeing the trends and honestly reading, right? Mm-hmm. Reading what the users, users are saying, reading what the blogs are saying, what are writers are writing, right? Um, mm. and, and how uh, the community is interacting with. I might not be actively responding to everything, but I'm actively reading the what, what everybody's saying. And I do spend a lot of time um, on that other than reviewing reports and such. That's, I spend a lot of time there. Nice, nice. So you mentioned, you know, your your one big challenge you're facing and working with on, you know, the portfolio of Awesome Motive is trying to keep that same culture from, you know, where you had five people to where you are to, you know, with two hundred plus people on your, your team. What what are, what are some other challenges you'd say you're facing right now to grow? Um, I think you know, one one of the bigger challenges along kind of neck to neck there is keeping up the hiring with the pace of our growth. Mm. Um, you know, finding good talent at the scale is challenging. Um, and, and that's something that we're just, you know, doing, doing our best in, um, keeping up with. Nice. Nice. So Sayed, I'm not sure of, uh, you know, what you're, where you are in your stage of your life, what age you're at, but looking back, let's use 25 years old. What's one advice you wish you had known and would tell your, your 25 year old self knowing what you know today? Yeah, no, I, I, that was only five years ago. I just turned 30 uh, okay. in October. Wow. So uh, <laughs> I, I would say I've learned quite a few things since in the last five years. Um, a few words of wisdom, it, you know, complex doesn't always have proportional ROI, right? I think when mm. I was 25, I always used to think that if, if something was complicated and sophisticated, it would have higher ROI. Not most of the time, this is the opposite. Um, don't give problems energy to expand, right? I used to, mm. I used to like spend a lot of time evaluating problems and like looking at the what ifs and the what ifs and the what ifs and the what ifs and end up making the problem bigger than it was. Um, and 
consistency is more important than intensity. You know, never mm-hmm. underestimate the power of compounding, small compounding improvements. Uh, you don't see that when you're 25, but then you start seeing that when you're 30. Right. So. <laughs> well, when you're 25, yeah. you want it now. There's no other answer. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah. No, that makes complete sense. And then, um, you know, across across your businesses, you, you talk a lot about, you know, cross promoting. Is there any other, you know, single strategy you can share with the audience to help them, you know, grow their own business? Yeah. Like the consistent user feedback collection. Dude, mm-hmm. We are collecting feedback at every touch point. You join, you present it with like a, a guided set of flow. You're going through that. We're capturing, you know, insights there. We're trying to get people like if somebody, for example, if you install WP Forms, it will say there's a WP Forms challenge. Create your form in five minutes. Start. They started. If they complete, we ask them, hey, great job. You know, leave us a review. If they don't complete in five minutes, then we say it's our failure. What did we do wrong? How do how can we do it better? Um, and, you know, without Thousands and thousands of users getting on onboarded with this product every month. Um, we're getting tons of feedback, and sometimes it's such small things that you know it would be easy for you or I to miss um, because we're not thinking from a user's perspective because you know we're kind of so deep in our own product. So collecting feedback at that stage, collecting feedback at the cancellation stage, proactively collecting feedback from users on, on a quarterly basis, just like going absolute nuts on user feedback collection uh, is a strategy that we use across our portfolio. Um, and it helped, it has helped us grow tremendously. And, you know, you want to think about it. Uh, Victor Chang, you know, had, had a good book, Extreme Revenue Growth. And he talks about big companies have a huge advantage, which is their users, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have to do market. They don't have to do market research per se by going out and talking to random people. They have such a large user base that they can talk to where startups, you know, they're so heavy. They're always like trying to go talk to every single customer. And that's what makes startups special and big companies not because big companies are not talking to their, their users. And I never want to be in that position. Of, so I try to embody <laughs> that startup spirit and just say, okay, let's talk to as many customers as we can. Let's collect as much uh, feedback from them as we can and use that to improve. Love it. And what, what are you guys using? Like, you know, exit forms, sending them emails, NPS surveys, like what's, what's your typical? Yeah, we use WP forms, you know, we have oh, our own okay. product, but it has yeah. NPS builder. It has all, all those things. Um, you know, some, sometimes the WP forms is built into the WordPress dashboard. Um, some, you know, it's in our cancellation flow. Uh, you know, when we're sending email, we're using drip as an email marketing platform, but it, you know, again, it sends the WP forms link. So we use WP forms for all feedback collection. Cool, cool, love it. Uh, Sayed, you know, you mentioned that that one book. Um, who or what are maybe three of the best resources? That could be books. It could be people, mentors, or people you follow and in this space who you'd say have been most instrumental to your success over these these last you know five six years. I'm I'm super obsessed uh, with reading everything about Charlie Munger mm. uh, and uh, John D. Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, so super obsessed with anything that I can get my hand on about those guys. I love to geek out over mental models and anybody who's kind of remotely sharing close to thinking frameworks. Uh, Shane Parash at FS.blog has a you know really good book, but also tons of excellent reading um, that you, you know if you're an entrepreneur I should definitely check out. Um, but but yeah, that's those will be the resources. Nice. Yeah, I love, uh, I think, what is it called? Scaling Up. I think that was based on Rock, the uh, mm-hmm. Rockefeller. Yeah, that's an awesome book as well. Um, 
So Sayed, obviously, you know, you've done quite well in these last couple of years, you know, growing tremendously quickly. What does success mean to you today? That could be, you know, personally, it could be financially, it could be business. There's no right answer, but what does it mean to you? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, tricky question. I think success for me is about freedom um, and, you know, being able to do anything I want uh, and kind of had this realization about three, four years ago. Uh, like, you know, why am I doing all this? What's the reason, right? Because I've turned down, I've turned down many, many, many insanely huge acquisition offers, right? And mm-hmm. I have no interest in selling because, you know, I love what I do and it, it, I have the, still the freedom to do what I want to do. Like uh, before COVID, we were traveling once a month, uh, my family, uh, my wife and my kid, we're still traveling, but now we're just doing road trips instead of like, you know, going all over the place just because of the COVID precautions. But we do, we do try to travel um, once a month. I'm heading out on Saturday, so just two days from now. Um, so, so yeah, so that's freedom for me, success. Nice, nice, love it. Uh, Sayed, thank you so much for joining. What, what are your future plans for Awesome Motive? What can people expect from you? And maybe where can the audience get in touch with you learn more about what you're working on? Yeah, man, uh, we're going to continue building upon what we have, slow compounding things, you know, really make all-in-one SEO the best solution. If you haven't checked out WP Forms, give it a, give it a try. Um, everything we're doing at Awesome Motive, you can find it at am.co. Uh, you can see all, all the projects that we have. Want to learn more about me, you can go to SayedBalki.com. I don't blog very often, once a year at least. Uh, mm-hmm. And then <laughs> follow me on Twitter at Syed Balki. I, I, I do tweet more often than I blog. Okay, awesome. We'll add all those links to our show notes. Thank you so much, Saeed. Appreciate you jumping on. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Thank you all for listening in to this episode and joining SaaS District today. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe for future episodes where we interview top leaders in the SaaS industry. If you're a SaaS company looking to grow and unlock the true value of your business, get in touch with us at horizoncapital.com. And myself or one of our consultants will provide a free assessment to help you get there and hit your goals. If you have any feedback or suggestions for this podcast, please DM us on Instagram or LinkedIn at Horizon Capital and help us improve our content for you all. Thanks again and hope to see you on the next one.